Welcome to the Friends of Zane Adams, aka FAZA Podcast, bringing awareness of postpartum depression, suicides, and the children who are left behind. We'll be spotlighting positive outcomes from mothers as well as healthcare experts and counselors. Would you know the signs of PPD? Would you know how to help a loved one? Stay tuned. As a community, we can do more to support maternal mental wellness. Welcome, FASA fans, and thank you for joining in on a new FASA podcast. This is episode 23, and I'm Paulette Smith. I'm sharing information that I hope you will share to help stop the silence, the shame, the stigma, the suicides, and the suffering that can accompany postpartum depression. FASA is a 501c3 nonprofit organization working to provide supportive resources to families affected by postpartum depression, suicides, and related maternal mental illnesses. Before beginning, I need to say a few words about triggers. This is a safe place. However, we may discuss topics that can be sensitive and may act as a trigger for some members of our audience. The content we discuss serves to provide information, education, and advocacy only. If you are experiencing an emergency, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 988. And if you're not experiencing an emergency, you're seeking consultation, then please check with your doctor or professional caregivers. And if you feel that your voice is still not being heard, please don't give up seeking help. Visit us online at fazainc.org and we'll try to assist you in finding resources in your local area and you're never required to provide us with any private or sensitive information. As many of you know, the podcast often focuses on a comment or a question that's been asked by moms and pregnant people and also questions that have been asked by supporters and advocates. This episode is going to respond to a comment sent into FASA from one of our many forums. We're connected to a lot of them, so here goes. Sometimes moms wait to ask for help with postpartum depression. When should moms or pregnant people reach out for help, meaning at what time and to who? Well, I'll start by saying medical professionals, clinicians, therapists, and mental health professionals, they're number one on the list for giving advice, diagnosis, treatment, and for PPD, uh, I believe we can all acknowledge that sometimes there's a lapse or a pause or a lag in the time symptoms are first recognized and taken seriously or reported. And that's what we want to talk about today. Now, there are many causes for this uh, lapse or this time that it takes to, uh, and it's precious time that it takes to, to have a mom go ahead and be open about what's going on with her. And I invite you to listen to a previous FASA podcast, episode 19. It's out there on our playlist with the list of all the podcasts. And the subject is uh, why moms don't speak up. We took a deeper dive into understanding the hesitancy that some moms or pregnant people may have in opening up about feelings they may be experiencing. But this podcast is going to 
speak specifically about the time they should do it. Talk a little bit more about when should they make that decision. I want to share with you some guidelines specifically geared towards three groups of people in our FASA audience. Number one, moms and pregnant people who may not be aware of some of the signs of PPD. Number two, those who may be aware but feel they can handle the symptoms. I can't tell you how many therapists I've spoken to and professional clinicians who have experienced uh, postpartum depression and waited before they actually got help because they thought they could, quote unquote, handle the symptoms on their own. And number three, caregivers and family members who may be able to offer reinforcement and encouragement and support where extra attention is needed for that mom. Of course, we know everyone is unique. So this information is intended to bring about awareness, provoke thought, offer comfort and reassurance, and to communicate some resources for seeking advice. First of all, during pregnancy, you're experiencing a lot of different emotions. So the symptoms of sadness, anxiety, or extra concern about things, it may be perfectly normal, but you still shouldn't keep it to yourself. You should still talk to your healthcare provider about any feelings that are new and intense and you don't feel as if that's your normal or your natural self. This is especially true if the feelings last more than a couple of weeks. Now, we can't always feel our best. We're not always perky, and especially when a baby's on the way. But that's why moms and pregnant people sometimes don't speak up. They often think that this is, quote-unquote, par for the course, or they feel like they're going to try to let it pass. And because they can't pinpoint a specific cause, they sometimes kind of sit on it. Now, professionals are available to offer guidance, no matter how insignificant you might think a feeling might be. You want to assess your mental health with them and get their recommendations for appropriate resources or interventions. Next, if you've been told repeatedly that what you're feeling is normal, and yet your instincts tells you that this anxiety and fear that you're having is growing and you're not comfortable with it, it's time for two things to happen. Number one, you want to take an assessment of your communication with your doctors or medical professionals and ask yourself if you've been totally honest with them. This is really important, especially if you have a history of depression or anxiety. It's essential to be proactive about discussing any kind of history you may have with your healthcare provider during pregnancy. Having a history of mental issues is not a topic that you want to discuss. I know that. But if you're pregnant and your team is not aware, your medical team is not aware of that, then keeping it a secret from them may cause you increased risk and you may experience postpartum depression and not get the proper care. You know, postpartum depression is a treatable illness and early intervention can be beneficial. I'm gonna say that more than one time as we move on. Next, 
if you've laid all your cards on the table and you're still not getting what you feel is helpful or positive responses, you may want to consider getting a second opinion. And you want to do that as soon as possible. You deserve to have a relationship with a mental health care specialist who shows understanding and concern and who's willing to work with you and can provide you with the confidence of knowing there is help for you and it's not your fault. As I mentioned earlier, if it's detected early and the root cause can be determined, there's no need to suffer in silence or uncertainty. Moving on to the giving birth. You know, it's been labeled as the most wonderful time in life. And yet, in reality, it's not uncommon to feel overwhelmed, sad, anxious. And that's just a few of the many symptoms that can come along with postpartum depression. Sometimes you'll hear the term baby blues. Well, that's a real researched issue. Baby blues doesn't last for weeks and weeks and months and months. When that happens, something else is going on, and it could be postpartum depression. Next on the list of good timing, what a mom and the people around her need to be aware of, and that is the time span that is taking place. And that can be done by listening to the mom and tracking, yes, in writing if necessary, the intensity of the symptoms she's experiencing, and the persistence of the symptoms. Specifics can be recorded. They can help when they're recorded. They can help mental care providers, help them bring a better insight, help them bring more information to you. It can increase that care provider's awareness. And all of this is essential. It's easy to lose track of time when a newborn comes into the picture. That's why journaling can be so helpful. And when symptoms do last longer than two weeks or so, it's important to know which symptoms are being experienced and how long each one has persisted in playing havoc in that mom's life. If you consider the entire list of possible symptoms reported by the NIH and other maternal health research organizations, the list alone can be overwhelming. We posted the list where you can find it, you can view it on the YouTube version of this podcast, or you can go to our website and you'll see it on our blog. The list is extensive and not all moms may be having all the symptoms. However, journaling can help the family establish which symptoms are present and the timeline. This information can help the mom's medical team, can help them provide better advice, more accurate diagnosis, and targeted treatment if necessary. At this point, I want to say if you are pregnant or a mom having severe symptoms or thoughts of any kind about harming yourself, or harming your baby, or if you know anyone who is struggling with negative thoughts, it's crucial to seek help immediately. Reach out to a healthcare professional or call the Mental Health Crisis Helpline. That's 988. Or go to the nearest emergency room. 
It's important to remember that postpartum depression is certain things, and it's not certain things. So postpartum depression is a medical condition, and it may have contributing factors around it involving socioeconomics, geographics, lifestyle, childcare, and so much more. When weeks go by and symptoms interfere with your daily life, such as your ability to care for yourself, your baby, or to participate in your usual activities, it's time to seek assistance. And it's important to remember what PPD is not. It is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of inadequacy in you as a parent. And it is not you being a bad mom. Ask for help and ask as often as you feel you need it. If you're having trouble finding resources in your area, put our FASA Finder Services to work for you. It's free, and we may be able to uncover specific resources in your zip code. You know we never ask you for any private or sensitive information. Finally, and this is in no way an exhaustive list, if there's a lack of support in the home or in the area, if the mom feels isolated, or if she lacks strong support, the action that needs to be taken is immediate. What action is that? To reach out for help, because things are not going to get any better during this crucial time. Connecting with supportive individuals, support groups, and seeking professional counseling can make a significant difference in the survival of the mom, the baby, and the entire family. That kind of support can strengthen an entire community. My plea to caregivers and family members is to encourage the moms in your life and the pregnant people in your circle to talk openly about their feelings with their health care provider or privately with their family or with trusted friends who can guide them to the right health care provider. Honest and open conversations with professional mental health providers and sincere listening sessions can be the first steps towards getting the support and treatment that's needed to recover and to return to mental wellness. The earlier you seek help, the sooner you start the healing process and improve your well-being. My pleas to moms and pregnant people Never think it's too early to express your concerns, because waiting can cause unwanted pain. You are your own best advocate because you know your body and feelings better than anyone. And you are your baby's best advocate because no one is more intimate with your baby than you are. So in summary, I have three high points. Number one, build a close trusting relationship with your healthcare team. If you're not feeling the trust, you may need to switch teams. Do that sooner rather than later. Number two, trust your natural and maternal instincts. Yes, some adjustments will need to be made and some discomfort might be felt. However, you're in control of communicating your innermost feelings, so let your feelings be known. You're not whining and you're not being weak. 
You're just letting your feelings be known. And number three, don't panic if everything doesn't work out just like social media says it will. If everything's not just tick-tocking, <laughs> start journaling. Create your own story, your very own story, specifically for your good health and that of your baby. You know the Foster Finder Service is here to help if you're finding it challenging to locate services in your zip code. And you can find us at fazainc.org. That's F-O-Z-A-Inc.org. And click on Faza Finder. If you're an audio-only listener, you'll want to check us out on our YouTube channel at Faza Inc. We invite your feedback and questions, and we ask you to get involved. If you have free resources that can benefit maternal mental health, or the children who are left behind by maternal suicide, we want to hear from you. We offer a path for earning volunteer credits for students, or you can make a taxable donation. FASA is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your, your donations go towards keeping this podcast alive. Well, FASA fans, that's it for this episode. This episode all about timing, when a mom or pregnant person should reach out for help to stop the silence, the shame, the stigma, the suicides, and the suffering that can accompany postpartum depression. Once again, this is Paulette Smith signing off in loving memory of Christina LaShawn Thompson Adams. Bye-bye now. <laughs>